Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I'm your host, Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is Sasha Morozov. And here's a bit about Sasha. Sasha is a former executive who holds a master's in social work and is the founder of Sasha X Home. When Sasha isn't chatting after her two sons, oh, when Sasha isn't chasing, not chatting after them, she now utilizes her clinical skills to coach women who are killing it at work, but they feel like they're falling at home to have more time, less clutter and systems for a peaceful life. Sasha believes that working moms are exceptional humans who are skilled, devoted, and unstoppable. Sasha has spent almost 15 years working in the nonprofit field to help individuals and families create better future. Sasha is an avid minimalist, productivity master, and obsessed with organizing and designing people's lives. Sasha has now developed a four-step method that focuses on self, home, relationships, and systems to help moms hit start on the life they've put on pause. So without further ado, welcome Sasha Morozov to GEMS Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Hello, hello. Thank you so much, Sasha, for being here. What an impressive background. A lot of people cannot make it that long in nonprofit, especially when they are juggling home or maybe they're the breadwinner and they find out, okay, the money that I'm making here is just really not conducive to my overarching lifestyle. So I want to commend you there because it really shows that you have that servant leadership and it's not just about, you know, securing the bag for you, but really about helping people level up in all areas of their life because a lot of people really don't understand nonprofit work. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Thank you for that. And yes, you're absolutely correct. Nonprofit is not for the faint at heart, but it is if you really want to see change. It is if you are ready to help somebody else. And that's the beauty. I mean, as much heartache as I've seen, I've also seen so much success. And those are the things that carry me even through the work that I do today, just hearing and listening to those people's success. Yes. And today we're going to kind of dive into what does it look like for moms um, to go back to work after having a baby because it can be hard to leave your bundle of joy and how to really create a home that truly reflects who you are. Because sometimes moms have to know how to set up boundaries and really say no, because if not, they see us as the superhumans or the superwoman with the S on our cape or the W on our chest for Wonder Woman. And they fail to realize that we need self-care time too, and we can't do it all, even though some women feel like they can. (laughs) So no knocking you there. 
Absolutely. And listen, you know, these days we we really have to look at the reality, which is that about 72% of all moms are working, whether it's full-time or part-time. So really the majority of women today that are moms are in the work field. And we also have to acknowledge the fact that, listen, society paints it in a way that, so you're working. So you have probably, maybe you have a partner that's on board. Maybe you have a support system. Maybe this, maybe that. So what's the problem? You can hire up out help. The higher up you go in the corporation and you climb the corporate ladder. And what I say to that is like, slow down. Okay. Let's take it one step at a time. I'm all about the small steps because we as women already, in my opinion, do too much. Just like you started talking about making sure to make sure that those boundaries being able to say no are there. That is really one of the things I always talk to women about as well. I love that. And just really having um, that self um, self-respect, self-actualization, and really knowing uh, where to prioritize your time and have a balance. And I love um, cal- um, calendars because it helps keep you accountable. So I have a rule where if it's not on my calendar, it means that I'm not doing it because it's just not a priority right then and there. And I just have to really hold myself accountable because if I don't do it for me, who else is going to do it? And I want to peel back the onions here and really go deep with motherhood because it is a beautiful thing. And I feel like sometimes mothers don't get enough credit that they deserve. You're the project manager of your home. You're the CEO of your life. You are the doctor, the nurse. You're so much more and you juggle so many different hats. So really finding a balance between work and home life is so vital because if not, you're going to hit a period of burnt out. And what do you do when you're burnt out, right? Absolutely. So let me tell you something. One of the things for me personally is this whole notion of work-life balance, okay? When I think about work-life balance, I think about the fact that there here's a woman that's like juggling, right? We have these balls, like we have the home ball, the work ball, the kid ball, the, and that it's just constantly. And what happens? What happens is that we have to constantly keep it up in the air. And to me, that's not realistic. That's not how it should be because that's not life. We don't, we're not broken. That can just do one thing, then then the next, then the next, then the next, and everything gets equal time. So what I like to do, and I like to try to take women through this exercise, which is the fact of looking at it instead as a pendulum, where it swings back and forth. Because guess what? Sometimes work is going to need you. So you're going to have deadlines. You're going to have a boss or a client or whoever to report to, and things need to get done, and you might need extra time there. And that's okay. That's where I come in and say, it's okay. Because basically what women I feel like are seeing today is if I'm not home at five and working on dinner, then I'm a bad mother and I'm prioritizing my career over my baby and I'm this, this and that. And I'm saying no, because sometimes work's going to need you. And sometimes home life is going to need you. Maybe the child is sick. Maybe you're sick. God forbid, right? But maybe something is going on and home life is going to need you. And that's okay because guess what? It's going to come back. It's going to come back. It's going to go one way or another way. And you know what? Maybe you're just in a busy season of your career. Maybe you're an accountant and it's tax season, right? Maybe you're in sales or 
working at the mall, wherever, and it's holiday season. Things happen. But if we look at it this way, is that a pendulum that sometimes we're one and sometimes we're the other, but it's going to even out eventually, then we take some of that guilt and lift our shoulders up to be able to say, hey, you know what? You're right. I'm human. Life's not perfect. Sometimes it's going to go this way and sometimes it's going to go the other way. And so in your world, Sasha, was it hard for you to go back to work after you had your first son and maybe your second son? Yes. Oh my goodness. So let me tell you, I'm going to be totally honest. I love my career. I love my career in nonprofit. So yes, it was a little bit easier. And the fact that like, I'm going back to something that I actually enjoy versus a lot of people that, you know, in today's reality, we talked about this, that you need dual incomes. So one of the reasons, a major reason that women go back is because of the financial burden. Right. So many maybe are not stepping back into a career that they quote unquote love. So for me, that was a difference. I want to acknowledge that privilege and all of that as well. And of course, it was already kidding me. I was with him all day, every day. And now somebody else is going to enjoy that. And now somebody and now I have to like have the sleepless nights and work all day as well. And then have like an hour in between all of the feelings. And that's natural. That's so natural to go through that as well. And one of the things that I also talk to women a lot about in terms of going back to work after having a baby is the fact that in today's world, many of us are choosing to have children a little bit later on than years prior. So what does that mean for us? What that means is we've probably have been in the workforce a little bit longer than previous generations. Previous generations may not have even entered the workforce until all the kids, the youngest one, went to elementary school or high school or whatever, versus today where we get a many of us get a college degree and then we start working. And by the time we have kids, what happens? We may be in more supervisor roles. So us stepping out and stepping back in looks very different than years before. We have to acknowledge that we can't just pretend, oh, well, you're just going back to work. Well, no, you're going back to real big responsibilities as well. And I'm so glad you mentioned that because there is a gap between generations. Like some of the baby boomers, they look at some of the millennials and they're like, why aren't you having kids sooner? But some of the millennials, you really want to jumpstart your career so you have enough resources and you could really provide for your kid and you're not struggling, but they don't see that and times have changed. And then if you add the pandemic on top of it, Sasha, we see that a lot of mothers have exited the workforce because some companies did not want to keep a policy where you go to work remotely. So they can't just send their kid to daycare because the price of childcare has went up. Some, some childcare places cost just as much as my mortgage. Let's just be frank. And so oh, it's- A hundred, preacher girl, a hundred percent. Childcare is expensive. It is insanely expensive in the United States, a hundred percent. And a lot of women have to look at that as a reality. And they, a lot of women do wonder, well, what is, why is, is it worth it to make maybe a hundred, 200 bucks at the end of the month 
versus how much I'm paying for childcare because the rest of it is going to pay for childcare versus spending the time with my child. It's very hard decisions and there's no wrong answer or right answer in that as well. Because what, one of the things I say is we also often look as, okay, I'm going back to work. I'm going to be a working mom and it's final and that's it. And what I say is take a deep breath slow down. Just because you're going back to work now doesn't mean that you're going to work for the rest of your life. Or just because you're choosing to stay home with your child now doesn't mean that, oh, I'm never going to be able to do my career. You never know where life will take you. And if you plan ahead properly as well, then you're able to have a little bit more control over those decisions as well. Absolutely. And I would also encourage um, the mothers or anyone out there listening is to really engage in those difficult conversations or courageous conversations with your partner as well as your employer. Because if you have a conversation, they may be willing to help you employer wise. And then with your spouse, you have to do what's best for the both of you because it's no longer just one of you. You signed up for this partnership to do life together. So you really have to engage in those conversations and make sure the lines of communication are open so nothing gets blurred. And then ask yourself whether you're doing a SWOT analysis, which are what are the strengths, what are the weaknesses, what are the opportunities, and what are the threats? If I stay at home and be a working mom, what does that look like? How is our home going to be ran? What are the dynamics? And then at what point can I resume my career if I choose? Or maybe you could start um, in the entrepreneurship journey and you could do what you're passionate about at home. You do have options. And I don't want to say that um, having a child is the end all be all, but look at all your options from a holistic approach. I couldn't have said it better myself. Absolutely. And that's the thing. When we have options, we feel more in control. When we feel more in control, we feel that we're making the best decision that is in front of us versus feeling like I have to do this and there's no other way. And I'm saying that's where, you know, a coach can really help. That's where, you know, a mentor or whoever getting that outside perspective, because I know sometimes we just get stuck. We get stuck in our own minds and then we just, you know, kind of blow up a scenario. And that's where, you know, people like us come in and we say, hey, why, what about if we looked at it this way? What if we planned it? Because a lot of times people think that, okay, well, I have to do it. I have to do it now. And I'm saying, again, slow down, take a deep breath, because just because you don't do it today, just because you all of a sudden don't quit and go be with your baby 24-7 that you're a bad mom or anything like that. No, no, you're doing the best that you can for your family with the choices you have in front of you. And if you are not satisfied with those choices, let's talk about what other choices may exist and how to be successful in them as well. Absolutely. And the most important thing about slowing down is you're allowing yourself time to breathe while also giving yourself grace and having mercy for the situation that you're in. And that is going to allow us to segue into how to create a home that truly reflects who you are because your house should be a place of peace. It should be your sanctuary where there's no ruckus, where you could just go in there and just really embody 
who you are, who your family is becoming, and just really relax. You don't want all the negativity from the external factors such as social media, the world, your family members and peers to intervene with the equilibrium and the balance that you're trying to create to have a place of serenity and peace. Yes. How many of us get to come home to a home we love? How many of us? Many of us are really just so busy that we're, you know, running around, especially if we have children, we're running around all day or we're cleaning up toys after them or what's for dinner? I don't want that. This is that. You know, there's so many things that happen in the home. But one of the biggest things I want for women to experience in the home is that sanctuary. So one of the biggest tips that I give is really just prioritize, okay? So that means it could be simple, ladies. Simple, simple, simple is the best way to go, which is the fact that what do you really want to enjoy in your house? How do you want your life at home to be? Because guess what? If you want those dinners on the table every single night, everyone around the table, that's great. But if that's your priority, how can we make it happen? For somebody else, it may be just to be silly with their kids, to have dance parties, to do whatever. I'm saying, great. Do you have a space for that at your home? Let's just even start with the most basic thing. Are kids even, if you have kids, are kids even allowed to sit everywhere they can or they want to in the home? Because if you have, it, it's amazing to have expensive furniture. I'm not saying to get rid of it or anything, but you know, like, what is it that you really want? Take a look at, just take a look at the space. And are you utilizing the space? There's so many families that never use their dining room table anymore. And that's okay. That doesn't mean that you get rid of the dining room table, but think about it. What could you use that space for instead that maybe you guys would truly enjoy? Like for my family, we have a kitchen island that's like where we have 90% of our meals, okay? If we have company, then we use the dining room table. So for my family, my kids are, I have two boys. They're really into Legos. So that's what our dining room table is. It's full of Legos so they can build and they can enjoy and they can have fun versus having a little bit more of that sterile environment you know and the same thing with bedroom with living room like if you want a space where your family comes together and plays board games and enjoys things like that well where are the board games if they're like hidden in some closet you know like upstairs in your family rooms downstairs like there's so many simple ways when we actually start thinking about what is it that we want our home to be like what kind of experiences do we want to have that we're able to really be able to move in that direction I love that because I am like a big kid at heart, my husband too. And I literally want a room with bean bags where we could just kind of lounge around and kind of watch movies and et cetera. And, but, you know, whenever you begin to build out your family, then your kids become your priority. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe not. Maybe we need to turn that room into a nursery room or etc. But I was like, okay, these are the negotiables and these are the non-negotiables and you meet in the middle. And so we have a game room. So the game room area is where I do some recordings and etc. And then um, my husband, we, we have two, a guest room. So two guest rooms. So one of them is a guest room slash his office and etc. But then as the dynamics change in our family and as we 
build and have kids and etc certain things will shift until we outgrow our current sanctuary and upgrade to another one so that's also something to be mindful of you you could say no to something right right now but then later on it could be a yes and then that's how you have that pendulum swing that Sasha was talking about early on so just be mindful of that it's not always going to be a no and, and that no could be your next opportunity or a new opening and then that yes could be that excite that excitement but later on it may change so what are some other tips sasha to have someone create the home that they love and it gives them a sense of purpose of who they are without you know feeling like oh my gosh i can't even enjoy my home i spent all my day out all day at work and then I come home and it's like work again because you have housework and etc so you don't feel like they have a sense of relaxation and a grounding which is mind body and soul yeah so my biggest thing is less is more okay less is more so what that doesn't mean that I'm going to ask you to throw everything you own in the middle of the living room and go through it and tell me if you love it otherwise it's going to the garbage no we don't have to be that extreme because you know that may not work for everybody if it works for you amazing go for it but the reality is a lot of us are busy the reality is is that we have we do have a lot of stuff so that is really where I encourage everybody to just start. Start simple, okay? What do you honestly just get so annoyed about? Is it the toys that there's constantly toys everywhere? Is it that you can never find something to wear? So it's really the closet. Is it that you're cooking, but you can't find, you know, your favorite apron or whatever it may be to cook? Where, what is like a big pain point at home? And let's start with that room. And that is where we can kind of take a look. Okay. Take a look and it doesn't have to be just get rid of. Okay. Well, I think one of the things people often get stuck in when they're thinking, Thinking about just decluttering or thinking about just having a thing, having less is that I'm going to have to let go and letting go is hard. So I'm acknowledging letting go is hard. That's why I want to give you a few options for letting go. So one option I'm sure everybody knows, which is that you can donate it, right? And that may be amazing. You know, for someone like me that like loves nonprofit and all of this stuff, I love donating because to me, it's like I am able to help somebody else. I'm able to pass this on and beautiful things like that, right? That's, that's my priority. But that's okay if it's not yours. So a couple of other options. One is something that I see pretty often with really successful women that have made it on their own. Is the fact that they feel that, you know what, I finally have enough money to buy myself X, Y, and Z, and I bought myself X, Y, and Z. Now I have a little bit too much of X, Y, and Z, whether it's shoes or whatever it may be, okay? And that's where I commit. And they don't want to just donate because like I worked so hard for this. You know, this didn't, I didn't just, you know, walk in wherever I, I really worked for. It. So one of the things I recommend for that type of person is to think about reselling it instead. Because that way, when you are able to sell it, you're able to recoup some of the funds that you put into it. Okay, so that way you aren't aren't just letting go. It's kind of like a further investment, right? Because you, you sell a couple of things and then you have enough fun, funds for something else or, you know, whatever it may look like. So that's another option, as well as, you know, we have a lot of people in our circle, right? In our social circles. And guess what? You may not need, let's say you move from like cold weather to like somewhere that's like summer, right? And 
or you're getting rid of them things and you're like this is good quality stuff like this is like this is good stuff you know I don't just donate this is good stuff well think about who in your circle maybe would enjoy it right who in your circle you know let's say love scarves and you're getting rid of scarves because you moved or you know the kitchen stuff who loves to cook and now you're kind of getting rid of a few pots and pans because they're good pots and pans you just realize that you have 10 of the same pot and you don't need 10 the same pot especially when you only have like four burners and you're like can only cook four at a time what am i doing with 10 i'm not gonna cook three rounds of food right and if you are, call me because I would love to be a guest at your dinner. So another way is just to pass it on. Pass, not be gifted and like somebody doesn't know that it's something been used. Just pass it on and say, you know, I, I noticed that you love to be in the kitchen. I noticed that you love cooking. I have a couple of dishes that I think you might like to add to your, you know, inventory because I don't really use them. Would you like them? That's such a blessing. That's such a way to be able to give to others. So again, you can get creative. You can remake things. Like I'll tell you, I'm a first generation immigrant. And there are a few pieces that my family brought over from Russia. I have no idea why they brought them, but whatever. You can buy the exact same thing here, but that's fine, right? And there was like a table runner or like a blanket. I forgot exactly what it was. And I was like, I'm never going to use this. But, you know, it's meaningful because it's like so many, like 30, 40, however many years old at least. So instead, I made it into pillows. And that way they throw pillows. You know, like there's so many different ways that we can really start to get creative about the things that we have that we don't use. Because if it's sitting in a closet somewhere, what's the point? I want you to enjoy your stuff. And if it's sitting in a closet and you want to enjoy it, well, what other stuff can we get rid of so that way you can get it out of that closet as well? Those are really great tips. I like the one um, about repurposing because that's what you did with the runner. You repurposed it to pillows, um, giving it away. So donations, there's a lot of places um, where you could donate um, locally, wherever you're um, at. And some of some places that you donate, they give you a tax write-off. So that's also good for you to recuperate. Then the resale option is really cool because um, depending if you live in a neighborhood that has a HOA, so a homeowners association, there's a website called nextdoor.com where people could put things on there for sale or offer them for free. There's offer up. Facebook marketplace and etc. And there are some really um, high fashion, um, high profile resale and consignment stores that are really good that you could um, participate in. So those are really amazing tips, Sasha. And as we begin to wind down, I want you to tell the listeners and viewers your call to action for this segment, and then also close us out with how they could connect with you via your website and where you hang out on social media. Yeah, thank you, thank you. All right, all right, come on, guys. We're gonna get in the spirit of letting go here, okay? So my call to action, and this is not new, it's something that I created, but I love this as a starting point. Because again, I don't want you to just jump in. I want you to do things slowly and step-by-step. So my challenge to you is to get rid of one thing a day for 30 
days in your home. And it could be so simple, okay? Because I'm sure you have a pen that doesn't work or a newspaper that's just lying around or or a shirt that has a stain on it that I don't know why you still have it, but you know you still have it. There's so many little things that we know we can just get rid of. So just look once a day and I challenge you and I know that you can do it. And I know that at the end, you will see, wow, that wasn't hard at all. And you would have gotten rid of 30 things already, 30. So that's my call to action. And guys, if you like what I am saying, I would love for you to join the, my community. I'd love to invite you to head on over to SashaXHome.com and you can download the five steps to coming home happy after work so you can start feeling a little bit lighter and brighter, as well as you can click the Facebook link there. And I have a Facebook community where I go live and I share tips and tricks weekly. So you can get to know me. And I'd love if you have any questions to connect with me as well. And are you on Instagram, Twitter, or any social media? So keeping in line with my keep it simple is I'm really, I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'd love to connect on LinkedIn if you guys are around. Technically, I'm on Instagram, but I'm not so active because, again, I'm living by my rules, which is less is more and keep it simple. So Facebook group is really where I'm at, and I'm happy to connect on LinkedIn as well. Amazing. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS Podcast. You just heard Sasha Morozov. And make sure you connect with her. All of her contact information will be in the show notes. And until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on YouTube for video content at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. Ciao. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.